welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's episode, I'm joined by Chagas Greenacres Programme Manager, Alan Dillon, to get an update on the dairy calf to beef farms and management tips. Alan, from mid-September now up until housing, what are the main points that farmers will be focusing on in the next six to eight weeks? Catcher, I suppose the main things at the minute would be in terms of stock management. You'll be looking to uh, ensure your uh, vaccination policy is, is is implemented. So, on a lot of farms, you'll be looking at maybe vaccinating calves or weanlings for um, you know RSV, PI3, and pastorella. Um, they would be the main forms in the morning that would be hitting calves. So farmers can either go with an intranasal vaccine or uh, an injectable form, which which, which uh, is over two shots. Um, if we look at the difference between the two, very briefly, the intranasal one will give approximately three months cover uh, against RSV PI3, whereas the vast majority of the injectables will, will generally give about six months cover um, against RSV PI3 and Pastorella, which is, you know, which will cover, I suppose, the, the, the full winter period, which is the, which is the danger zone when stock are housed. Um, the other thing, I suppose, is dosing. I suppose coming in, if, if stock are starting to come in for finishing, which some would be at this stage in the next couple of weeks, um, you'll be looking at uh, giving them a, a warm dose, uh, maybe a fluke dose as well, be sure and cover all three stages. And uh, also, I suppose, watch that lice control. It's becoming a bit more of an issue on farms. So um, ensuring that lice don't don't take over inside in the shed. Um, grass buildup, I suppose, for stock to be staying out. Um, the, the the fertilizer application date for nitrogen has closed, um, but I suppose farmers can still um, apply lime, K, um, and a bit of slurry also and, and farmyard manure for the next number of weeks. Um, and it's important, I suppose, to ensure that you have a, a buildup of grass. Grass growth is going to be slowing down now. We've had a, we've had a period where grass has been growing quite well in the last few weeks due to the the heat wave that came after after a very wet spell. So uh, ground is in good order and. Grass has been growing at a probably a faster rate than we would have expected. So the the key thing here is to ensure that you have enough grass built up and are, are working towards having you know thirty five to forty days grass ahead as you as you work through September um, to to counteract the fact that that growth rates will be, will be slowing down. Obviously, Alan, you've highlighted there building grass is going to be very important. What are the key targets the farmers are keeping in mind going through their last grazing rotation? Um, I suppose the, the main one is we always have this figure that we use in an autumn rotation plan or having around 60% of the farm closed up by around the first week in November. So essentially what it means is what every farmer should do is sit down and, you know, if you, whether you have your land one block or your land in, in a number of blocks, plan out how you're going to close up your farm for the, to have enough grass for the spring. So I suppose on a drier farm, you'd be talking about maybe starting around the maybe the 5th to the 10th of October and closing up around 15% of your farm every week. Um, on a heavier farm, we generally recommend maybe closing a bit earlier, um, you know, back around the 25th of September or thereabouts and, and going at maybe around 12% of the farm each week until you hit around that 60%. And in, reality, in, in reality, what this is for is, 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 is to have grass in the spring. Um, often we see, you know, when you're driving around the country in, in November, you'll see cattle roaming around fields or sheep or whatever it is and, you know, picking off whatever grass is there. And that's fine, but that's what leads to this 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 problem in the springtime when you know if the weather does come our way which it does sometimes um you your ground conditions reasonably good you have stock to turn up to grass but you haven't got grass to graze and and that's where the costs incurred in this because you're holding cattle in the spring so i suppose the message we're trying to put out here is you know your plan for the spring starts now and it's to plan from now on when you're going to close up those swords 
And if you're working on different farms, I said, you know, you work on a farmlet basis, each farm should be treated the same, that you have a, a planned rotation to cl- in, in closing up ground. And what paddocks should farmers be targeting to close first or last in that rotation, particularly keeping spring grazing conditions in mind? Yeah, I suppose you, you would like to have, I suppose, your, your driest paddocks maybe closed first. Uh, and the reason for that is obviously because I suppose they'll probably be the most likely ones that you'll have in the spring to, to get out first on. Um, wetter paddocks maybe, you know, you, you, can, you can close nearer towards the end of it. Uh, but I suppose just have those those maybe fields that are drier, that are maybe have better quality ryegrass in them, that are maybe reseeded with good soil fertility, that are going to grow a bit more grass over the winter and are going to have a nice cover in the spring to turn out and then we'll maybe give a response to nitrogen when you put it out in the springtime also. And you touched there on fertiliser. What are you advising farmers in relation to lime and cay in the coming weeks? Yeah, well, hopefully most farms would have a, a relatively recent soil test done and um, a lot of them would be maybe in environmental schemes or would be in derogation, et cetera, probably do. Um, you know, look at that soil test result and see, okay, where, am I, where are the deficits in terms of lime in terms of the soil pH and um, what are my low, 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 low fields in terms of soil fertility? Okay, we can spread P and we can, chemical P or chemical nitrogen uh, from the 15th of September, but you can spread K. And that's something a lot of people forget. Chemical K can be spread at any time of the year. And the autumn is an ideal time when ground conditions are good to rectify this. Also, we're dealing with extremely dry conditions at the minute. Last couple of springs have been, or last couple of autumns, should I say, have been very tricky. In terms of ground conditions, due to, to very wet spells into August, and uh, this is the first time in a while we're dealing with rock solid ground. In most cases, it's an ideal time to get lime out. The problem with lime always is that we always kind of say we leave it to the autumn, and then the autumn is wet and it doesn't happen, and then it's just not done for the year. So I think people should ring their ring their their uh, local quarry, try and get the lime out, get it spread. It's roughly about twenty five euros a ton or thereabouts. I think is 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 the ballpark cost, and it's the cheapest bit of fertilizer you'll ever buy. Alan, you mentioned there the importance of vaccination and a herd health plan. What are the important steps for farmers now to be taking, preparing for housing? Yeah, I suppose if you if you were to look at your sheds, first of all, and try and see if there are any rectifications needed in your sheds in terms of airflow, have you had pneumonia problems in the last year? Also, it's no harm to give, give those sheds a wash and a disinfect, run a disinfectant, um, power hose them down. You know, a lot of disease sits in those slats and in, in, in the slurry that's on them, especially if it's left over the summer. And just giving them a, a wash down with a power hose and, and giving them a run of disinfectant after, it can eliminate a lot of problems, especially on dry bedded areas where, where cows might be calving or calves might be, might be held in a creep area. Uh, it can make a big difference in the springtime. Also, just if you're dosing cattle coming in, especially those cattle that are coming in for finish, just pay attention to the withdrawal dates and a lot of those doses. If we look at a lot of the, you know, the ivermectin type doses, uh, et cetera, or the, you know, some of the flucicides, they have they've probably got a, a withdrawal date around about 70 days, 60 to 70 days and a lot of them. So just be bear that in mind. If you are dosing cattle coming in, uh, pay attention if there's, a, if there's a short window to finish with them, uh, especially if they're approaching maybe the 30 month mark, etc. Uh, watch your withdrawal dates. You don't want to be caught with them with cattle stuck in sheds and missing your QA over. And in regard to Wienlands coming in this winter, what would be the key tips? Um, again, I suppose we touched on in terms of vaccination. Um, I think I think it's essential. We're seeing more and more levels of pneumonia um, in, in in young stock coming into sheds in the in the autumn time. And I think look, a vaccination policy it's it's a very cheap insurance policy. Almost anyone that ever starts vaccinating, I rarely see them go back to not vaccinating. They all seem to stick with it. Um, if if we take it that you know any vet will tell you that stock gets sick in a, in a very minor way. 
uh, at various times over the winter, you know, every time they get some kind of a sniffle or a cold or a cough or whatever they get, it, it can reduce their ability to, I suppose, gain weight over the winter. Um, generally, these vaccinations that, that are out there will be quite effective in, in allaying a lot of this, you know, and that they, if, they, if they do feel a bit of a, a chill coming on, the vaccinations are a big help to boost their immunity. And generally, I think that while there is a bit of a cost to them, um, they generally pay for themselves. Um, just be, when you're weaning calves, etc., as well, be sure the calves are trained on meal um, and they're you know as stress-free weaning as possible. You know, the, we often still hear these weanlings coming into marked ball and etc. And you know, it, it, it's a recipe for disaster. Um, you want that calf being settled to be weaned. And if we are vaccinating calves, be sure that they're not stressed at the time. You know, don't ever carry out, let's say, castrating or weaning at the same time you're vaccinating. Vaccines need to be put in in a stress-free environment. And for calves that are in the Green Acres programme, will meal be supplemented to the calves prior to housing? Yes. Um, and it's something I suppose we, we've seen a lot with, when we started off with these calves in the Green Acres programme. Um, we did see that the biggest hole, if you want to call it, in terms of where weight gain has been lost was from now until probably next March. Um, and a lot of that on farms, we see it, we see it nationally, is is probably poor quality silage and insufficient meal being fed at this time of the year until housing and also when the calves come in along with the poor poor quality silage until turnout again. Um, so they will be supplemented with probably one to one and a half kilos a day until housing and that will continue right through probably the winter on the vast majority of farms. And what is the target for the farms with relation to high quality silage? Uh, we were always targeting in around uh, 70 to 75 DMD and last year we achieved I think we had an average uh, silage test result across all the farms of around 73 or 4 DMD, which is exceptionally high. Um, hopefully it's somewhere near it again this year in terms of quality, although weather didn't really play ball this year a lot of times. Um, you know, we're probably we're 10 days later harvesting silage. We got it at the end of May rather than the middle of May this year for first cut. And in some cases, there was that, that bad spell that came there in July um, did hinder some people trying to get the second cuts in. So there was a bit of a delay there too. So um, we may not be as high as we were last year in terms of silage quality on the Green Acres farms, but um, we will have to supplement it with meal if, uh, if, if that's the scenario. And for farmers that are thinking about getting silage samples taken, how do they go about it? Um, well, I suppose, okay, there's a lot of different ways of doing it. Um, I suppose your Chagas advisor may have a, a way of doing it with testing it with a, silage core, with a, with a silage core. Um, t- the important thing is to uh, core down into the pit. Um, in a number of spots to get an average representative sample, or if you're if you're doing bales, do a number of bales, so you're you're not getting just a the very good one or a very bad one that just came by chance. You want an average of the whole of the whole um, pit or or stack of bales to try and get an average result. Um, also, a lot of the merchants and co-ops etc. Are, are offering silage testing as well. Um, so look, there's there's a variety of ways of doing it, and um, it's uh, it's look, it's, it's a very worthwhile undertaking. The Green Acres programme, Alan, is coming to an end in November of this year. What is the future outlook of the programme? Yeah, the, the Green Acres will finish up. We, we've, we've had a three-year um, run at it with this cohort of farmers, and um, the plan is to incorporate them into Dairy B500, um, which will be the new um, flagship dairy beef programme Chagas are going to launch in the, in the, in the, the, near, the near future. Um, so we will hopefully transfer the current farms into the, into the new program and bring a, bring a few new ones with it. Um, so that's, uh, that's the plan for those farms in the, in, in, in the next few years. And I know a number of farms featured in virtual open days over the past year and a half, but you're going hosting 
two on-farm events in the coming weeks, which farmers can attend. Can you tell me more about them? Yeah, so I, I suppose, as, as you know, um, as everyone knows, we, we've been unable to hold anything really in the live format since COVID hit in March 2020. And the last event in Keldon Chagas was actually a Green Acres farm walk in, in, on the 11th of March. Um, but we, we're, we're back on the ground doing um, these on-farm open days again. So we have two planned uh, for the end of September, the start of October. The first one is on the farm of J.P. Hammersley on September 29th at half three, and it's in Tipperary, in, in Latin, in West Tipperary. Um, we, I suppose, will be looking for everyone to book in uh, to, these, to that event. Um, so in accordance with COVID guidelines. So the, the way to do it is, is to ring the Chagas office in Clonmel on 052 um, and get the person in the office there to note down your interest in attending the event. Um, again, this is due to COVID guidelines. We have to register everyone's name for contract tracing purposes, etc. So it's it's a it's a formality with that. Um, the other event that's going to be on is um, on Irvin Allen. Irvin Allen is 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 in Westmead. He's uh, near Mount Temple, and that's going to be on the fifth of October at at two o'clock. So to register for that, you have to uh, ring Chagas Tullamore on 057-932-1405 um, and register your interest there with, with the person in the office. And the walks, I suppose, will be uh, a bit of a return, I suppose, to what people would have been, I probably used to in the past with our Chagas events. We're going to um, spend the main part of our walks covering on the three stages of a, of a calf to beef system, which I suppose starts off maybe with the early stage uh, of the calf's life, you know, looking at the rearing phase, where where is the weight gain lost and where is the weight gain gained, I suppose, on these farms uh, in terms of, you know, feeding milk replacer, uh, adjusting the room and getting the diet right, etc. Um, the second stop will kind of be more about, I suppose, the first, the first winter and the second grazing season. As I've said already, we're seeing it across the country. This first winter is the biggest problem in terms of achieving profitability in, in, in calf to beef games or in suckler systems also. The problem is that we're just not gaining weight over the winter. We always talk about this 0.6 kilo a day um, daily live weight gain, but in reality, we hardly ever see it. Um, we see something between nothing, zero, and maybe 0.2 or 0.3 of a kilo a day. So we, we're missing out on a lot of weight gain there in that first winter period. And it's trying to show what these farmers are doing, the simple things to alleviate that problem. Uh, on, on the farm will be covered also. And the final thing, I suppose, on, on, on both farms, and it's probably a, a fairly um, relevant one in, in many contexts now, is looking at the finishing period. There's a lot of talk of, you know, maybe encouraging earlier slaughter of cattle on the basis of greenhouse gases that, um, you know, we, we, the earlier the cattle are slaughtered, the lower the, the level of, of, of methane output that they'll, they'll produce. Um, both farms would be moving towards... Um, I suppose, uh, an earlier stage of slaughter. J.P. Hammersley, who buys about 70 to 80 British Frisian-type calves mainly, has moved his slaughter age back from around uh, 30 months, 31 months in some cases, back to around 24 months on average. But there'll be some cattle, there'll be about 50% of his stock, which you will see on the day, at the open day, they'll be ready to go off grass at around uh, 21, 22 months, which is quite an achievement now for, for Frisians. Uh, but uh, you will see there on the day that that, that, will, that is being achieved. Um, Irvin Allen also, he would always kind of a bit earlier slaughter, but he has increased his numbers on the farm from about 70 calves up to 110. 
um, and trying to achieve, a, I suppose, a greater level of weight gain from grass and um, a, a lower level of costs, I suppose, in terms of in terms of uh, getting these animals through to slaughter. So that'll be shown on both farms. So I suppose we'll be encouraging farmers from either side of the county, the country, to book into your nearest walk and uh, and come and have a look. And and capacity is limited due to COVID. So um, the quicker you book in, the better. Um, so I suppose that's a, that's a quick synopsis. And one last thing, actually, when I think of it, there just on. Um, on, on JP Hammersley's farm, I suppose all these farms in the Green Acres program are now part of also part of the Chagas Signpost program, which is, I suppose, our flagship environmental type program at the minute. And um, there will be an element on JP Hammersley's farm, especially on uh, demonstrating, I suppose, what he's done uh, in terms of the technologies there to reduce his greenhouse gas emissions, such as, you know, uh, use of low emission slurry spreading, in, incorporation of clover into the swards to reduce nitrogen input and um, the, the use of uh, protected urea also. So we'll be, we'll be discussing a raft of things the, on, on the day that will hopefully be rele- very relevant to farmers and also showing that these farms are profitable. Sounds like two very interesting events, Alan. So farmers that want to attend JP Hammersley Open Day in County Tipperary can contact the Chagas office in Clanmel and anyone wishing to attend Irvin Allen's Open Day in County Westmead can contact the Tullamore Chagas office and I'll include the phone numbers in the podcast text. Thanks very much, Alan. And also my thanks to the farmers participating in the Green Acres programme and the programme advisors, Sean Cummins and James Fitzgerald that have featured on the podcast. Thanks very much. That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to Alan for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.